So we have a special guest here today at uh, Small Brains Big Picks where we like to bring in big names whenever we can get them. Uh, Mr. Lackey, how you doing? Uh, well, the flight anyway was rough and uh, I dropped most of my peanuts between the seats. But, uh, okay, you thank know? you, John. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm curious to see uh, down the stretch how you think your pitching is going to help your team uh, you know, win some games. Well, they tell me if I keep on short to practice, I'll be able to pitch for the softball team. Uh, you know, in Texas, the winter's a little bit different than up in North. I, I lived in Boston for a while. And after that, I lived in St. Louis, which was kind of warm. And then uh, barbecue's great in Chicago, and I lived there, too. Some really great insights, John. Uh, I'd love you to list some more places where you lived without any context. Connecticut. <laughs> Rhode Island. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and of course, Texas. All right, John. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Um, well, I really appreciate it. I wish really, wish I you really the best. appreciate you all, all you guys do up there. And, uh, you know, uh, I just you became yeah, Kermit I, the Frog at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so here we are. We're back. This is Obscure Broadcasting's Sports and Culture Podcast. Good to be back. Small Brains, Big Picks. I'm Andrew Alden. And I'm Evan. Uh, Introduce yourself real quick. Uh, So I am a filmmaker and I am a mediocre chess player. Beautiful. Yeah, no, I'm I'm Evan. Uh, It's the first week of school and uh, I'm a teacher and I'm still here and we're still filming episode two, so that's a good thing. And I once uh, saved a baby sloth from drowning in the Amazon River. Uh, way to show off. Yeah, no problem. Uh, also, Evan, are we talking about football? Oh, you know what? We're not. Oh, We're hell not. no. Oh, hell no. Um, but we should. I do want to qualify that real quickly. I had a couple of comments from friends asking, like, yo, with this Kaepernick thing, good luck not talking about football. We're not talking about on-field activities. We're not talking about tackles and wins and losses. We, we're we not going to avoid talking about Kaepernick if it comes up, no. which it may come up today, of course. Uh, of course. So let's get to the starting nine. Cool. Uh, I'll start off as sure. yours. Um, so first of all, Serena Williams, um, with a victory recently, has now beaten 20 of the 24 all-time number one ranked women's tennis players in the world. The other four retired before her career started. Is she the greatest athlete of all time, period? Uh, I've always thought she might be the greatest athlete of all time. I mean, she is definitely by far the greatest tennis player of all time. Um, As an ambassador for the sport, she's great. And uh, yeah, let's just go for it. Greatest athlete of all time. Beautiful. Michael Jordan who? Yeah, right, right, right. Um, Republicans buy shoes too. Um, Aretha Franklin of Detroit. She passed away in her public Detroit service, featured the likes of Gladys Knight, Stevie Wonder, Bill Clinton, Ariana Grande, Jennifer Hudson, um, Shaka Khan, Jesse Jackson, Big Sean, Tyler Perry, and many, many more uh, thoughts on it. Did Tyler Perry do a skit? He did. He actually made three movies during the oh. Uh, service. Oh, so he, so he did a, yeah. um, a Medea funeral service? For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. respect um, <laughs> Medea Halloween service, uh, Medea funeral service. 100%, yeah. It's uh, already 
made grossed fifty million dollars. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he edited it on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, number three. Uh, there's an Australian softball pitcher by the name of Adam. Yes, Adam, a man. Um, I guess uh, fast pitch softball with ADAM far bigger ADAM far bigger sport for men in uh, Australia than it is here. Adam Folkard throws to- his uh, softball pitch from again forty five feet away, forty six tops out at eighty four miles an hour. Could you hit it? That's wild. No, I couldn't hit it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I still have trouble picking up a grapefruit, which is roughly the size of a uh, yeah. of a softball off the counter. Right. So, so I don't think I'm hitting it. Any, any grapefruit whipped through the air yeah. in, a, in a cyclone fashion. Yeah. And there's no way I'm hitting it. It's insane. I how about know, you? Could you hit it? I don't know how anyone has ever hit it. Like, the fact that his ERA is not 0.00 blows my mind. I saw a couple. Yeah, they might just. I'll show you clips. Okay. It's unreal. It, yeah. Um, last one. Homer Bailey, who I don't have the figures, but received a massive contract, I believe in 2014, from the Cincinnati Reds. Like a seven-year contract. Yep. Is uh. Now, in the past three years, 9-26 and 26 with about a 6-3 ERA. This season, he's boasting a 6-4, I believe, ERA, and he is 1-14. and 14. So, what's the point? Uh, actually, you know, I, I saw something about Homer Bailey. Is he's very self-aware. So, you know, a lot of athletes, particularly when they sign a big contract extension, are dodgy of this. He is very self-aware. I mean, did would have they done better to give Johnny Cueto that big extension? No. Did, what's his name is out of baseball? The other guy that mm-hmm. was amongst them, I forget his name, Matt something. See, I don't even know. The guy yeah. with lots of arm tattoos. So he's, he's still in the league. That's a he's, good point. Yeah, so he's still in the league. They're a terrible team. The yeah. Reds are terrible. Um, it's it's kind of sad to see because a small market team like that really needs, when they invest that kind of. Right. So there's an argument for being the worst contract in baseball history. Uh, Ryan Howard or Chris Davis might might take issue with that. Maybe, maybe yeah. or Bobby Bone, Bobby uh, Bonilla. Yeah, wait, we missed. We didn't. If we had been filming this podcast, Bobby if, Bonilla. If we're day, still July going 1st. a year from now yeah. in July first, we need to have a Bobby Bonilla day. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, hit me, man. Okay, here, I uh, I came up with some here, and uh, I also have Serena Williams one, so we'll start there. Um, Serena Williams, as of ten or fifteen minutes ago, lost the U.S. Open, and does what? Do you, what is your take on the controversy over what she can, she can and can't wear? Um, I think. Are you not familiar? No, I'm. I'm a little bit familiar. I. I feel like she. There's. There's an effort to maybe stop her from being so dominant, and they're pulling out all the stops. I, I don't really fully understand it enough to know why they asked her to not wear, but it seems foolish. Naomi, um, this is a, a, a piggyback. Naomi Osaka is also the first Japanese woman to ever win the U.S. Open. Great. I. I love seeing new new cultures come into sports that are primarily dominated by by one or the other usually you see eastern european or just white americans dominating tennis so cool um shoei otani uh needs tommy john there's some thought that he's going to re- completely resist that uh, at least until the off season is his days as a pitcher over yeah i i heard someone uh uh, comparing the Shohei Otani to Babe Ruth, obviously scale a little bit different, but the Red Sox made a decision back in the early 1900s of foregoing all of the pitching potential this guy had to let him just focus on hitting. Of course, he hit 714 home runs and is lauded by many as the greatest baseball player in the history of the sport. Right. Um, so it worked out there. Do you when So right after they found out he was going to need Tommy John, he went... Three, four for four with two home runs, I believe. So like that, yeah. it's like it's almost like he's making a case for making him just a hitter. So who knows? I mean, it's you wish you could see a two-way player because it was so exciting to hear about it. 
Um, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I don't think the days of, of the two-way show Yatani are over. Yeah. That my two cents. Okay, so <clears throat> Mac Miller. I wanted to give you a couple seconds of soapbox here about sure. Mac Miller passing away. 26 yeah. years old of a drug overdose. Right. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I remember when Senior Skip Day and Knock Knock came out way back in the way back. I was not listening to him then, but I've even heard when he called himself Easy Mac was like a 16-year-old sophomore or junior in college. Um, the more you hear about the guy as I've been trapped in like YouTube and Instagram loops of watching videos and listening to his music the last 24 hours, um, you only hear how positive and how engaging and genius and energetic he was coming from all areas of society. Um, so a huge loss um, and just like really sad to see someone so talented who was taken by their own addiction, right? Um, right. So it's been... It's one of those things that hit me kind of more than I expected it to, given that never met the dude. I saw him in concert twice. Um, phenomenal. But, yeah. All right. And my last, yes, yeah, my last one here on a very much different note is it came out recently that a government photographer was paid to Photoshop Trump's inauguration to show a larger crowd there. Go. Um, I mean, at this point, if Trump is being for forthright and honest with us i think it's the <coughs> yeah, exception right. to the rule um so so what are we surprised about it's it's comical it's it's comical in a way that like i'm crying on the inside but it's comical of course he paid someone to photoshop it what, like why would he not have of course right, of course yeah i mean clown question bro clown question big clown question all right so our first segment uh coming up here oh Hold sorry on. whoa 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 whoa, whoa we whoa. got one more let's go Hang to our on. lovely producer i got one <laughs> Um, mine is... We were playing National League, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no DH. <laughs> All right. Okay, mine is that Jim Carrey is starring in a new television show by the creator of Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Yeah, and the first episode is uh, streaming on uh, YouTube, the entire thing. Um, Jim Carrey's a weird dude. I, uh, I kind of am right on that he's like this kind of all art is great art. I am mm. definitely against the whole Jesus is is his main muse at this point in his career. Yeah, I I think Jim Carrey's dope. Um, he seems to be, he's, he has some terrible movies I think, but he he seems to be pretty funny. Um, and he has some really badass tweets. Have you ever seen his artwork? Yeah, it's it's like decent. I mean, he paints a lot of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. I'm not familiar. Yeah. Okay. Of Jesus. Uh, with Jesus, yeah. yeah Could yeah. you give me ten seconds on Jesus? Uh, so Jesus is a first baseman slash outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. His last name is Aguilar, and uh, okay. I'm a I'm a kind of a big fan of what the Brewers are up to. But uh, that's Great. I neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. I'd paint him too. Yeah, I, I'd paint I'd paint him. Yeah. All right, what's our first segment, Andrew? Our first segment is on on tweets <clears throat> and how people have been digging through professional athletes, specifically baseball players past Twitter history to see what they can dig up, mm-hmm. what people have said when they were 16, 17, 18, 15, 14 years old on Twitter. And now that we kind of come into this age where people have a public record of, of things they thought and said when they were teenagers, young teenagers, and now are 20-somethings. Right. Um, and the question we're posing here is, should they be held accountable for past tweets? Right. So specifically, Trey Turner of the Nationals, um, Josh Hader of the Brewers. Sean um, Newcomb. Sean Newcomb, uh, and as well as some NBA players, though the NBA players' ones were more like just 
talking about how big their dick was or something that was just like not necessarily the most family friendly thing, but not big necessarily picks. racist. Yeah. Um, Dennis Smith, the operative person I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the first of all, yes, they should be held accountable. Does that mean that they should lose their endorsements and no one should like them? That's not what that means. And that gets back to a whole bigger issue about the idea of of owning things that you places that you messed up and moving on from it and growing from it. Like that should be the expectation is that I don't have to hate you, but you got to own it publicly. If this comes out, don't hide from it. You got to own it, my man. Or else that tells me you haven't moved past it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like <clears throat> athletes uh, do have do should be held a certain amount of account- accountable. A good example might be that if Trey Turner wasn't his job wasn't hitting baseballs as far as humanly possible, um, or Sean Newcomb wasn't his job wasn't getting as many outs as possible, mm-hmm. um, and they were running for public office instead. This would be this would be the end. This would be the sure. f- for I mean in traditional we're not talking about Trump politics, but yeah, but this but so I think that is a huge deal, and that they should be held somewhat accountable mm-hmm. for their actions. And I think, but I think in and out of the public sphere, I'm gonna like really, and I I don't like to even mention this because it's like you know there's that level of shame to it but i used to earlier in my life think that if it's a lyric in a song i can sing the n-word as i'm singing the songs like what do you expect me you hear people say this what do you expect me to edit songs that's making singing songs difficult i now think that that's incredibly wrong and i don't let that word come out of my mouth even in a song um, as it should be the case with any white person but um if i'm gonna sit here and deny that that happened that that was a part of my life that's in a way shows that I haven't grown from it because I'm trying to hide behind it. Um, so I can tell you that I've grown past that and that I've realized that that was wrong only because I recognize that it happened. And I got called out by someone once and sh- shout out to them. They heard me rapping a song. We're like, yo, 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 what are you doing? And yeah. got well, embarrassed you probably, you real quick, got called out. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have been rapping. But, 100%. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I... Shouldn't I, have been rapping, period, period. regardless yeah, yeah, of yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That one's, it could be like, oof. you know... White bread, fig newtons. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, by the way, thank you for the uh, the the publicity. Uh, my my EP, White Bread, Fig Newtons, <laughs> comes out September twenty third. Yeah. Uh, check my SoundCloud; it'll be posted on there. Yeah. Untitled. Yeah. <laughs> Untitled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I I think that the bigger issue here, and maybe this is is what we're actually talking about, and what I feel is the main issue here. Is that our our culture kind of operates on a one and done? Uh, we'd like to think we're a redemption culture, but we're not. So mm-hmm. forever, Trey Turner will have this cloud hanging over his head. And maybe a broader conversation I'm going to try to squeeze in here is: What about people like uh, A Rod? Is A Rod? Mm-hmm. I mean, A Rod's kind of a scumbag in general, but is he forever tarnished in the public eye because he probably took steroids when almost everyone else was taking steroids in baseball? Right, and you, is, take, and you take it a step further even. Um, those athletes, um, I can't remember the man's name, who was just signed to the Astros, who... Uh, Roberto Osuna? Yeah, Osuna, who... Was traded was, there. Was in a, yeah, was traded there. Like, terrible domestic ab- abuse violations. And somehow we care less about that than things like steroids. Um and, you know, he's going to get paid millions of dollars to continue pitching. A lot of people may not be buying his jerseys, may be upset about it. Maybe there's even a couple of people who stop going to Astros games, but I doubt it. 
Du- um, double tap on Roberto Osuna. A fan wrote a sign. I mean, it, signs of baseball games are kind of ridiculous to begin with, but the sign said something like, I don't cheer for players that beat their wives, mm-hmm. I think was the, was the sign, got thrown out. Really? By by the Astros, like not the Astros, like yeah. as an organization, but by like a member of the team saw it and was like said that you have to go. And it was an Astros right. fan, and, th- and this goes back to what we said at the beginning of it, it's it's not about it's about the action, but what it's about in terms of our perception of you is is it's about redemption, and you can only get redemption if you own something and you grow from it and you like buy into and uh, uh, cop to doing it. And I mean. Osuna should not have been signed by a team, first of all. He was traded. Um, should not have been traded to a team. He should have, if if Kaepernick and Eric Reed are not playing the NFL, which, you know, we already got back into it. I can't help it. Yeah. But then uh, this man definitely should not be on a team. I don't care how talented he is. Uh, but maybe sometime down the line, if he really shows redemption and, like, really, really shows that he's sorry for what he did and does things to win – back favor be it starting you know donating money to organizations for abused women or whatever it may be and that's that's one thing yeah sure it's time for your last words uh i do you want to do the last word or shall i go ahead go ahead take it I, I i will not end that thought that train there uh my my train on it is that i think there's people out there and this is gonna be controversial because we go to a we technically on youtube and have the widest audio space but really sure. you know but but the opinion here is Listen, man, like you talk about redemption and that's fine and that's great. A lot of people are going to be cowards about it and hide behind Christianity as like, oh, I found Jesus before I had lost my path with Jesus. And I think that's fucking bullshit. And I think that like real redemption comes from like, I hate to say it, but cash dollars spent of your own of your own money and some sort of atonement that way. Mm -hmm. You can't just go on and say, I lost my way with Christ and now I'm, you know, you know, fucking fantastic. Like Andy right. Pettit said with steroids. So that's my last word. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, All right. So we have a guest. We do have a guest. Do you want to introduce him? Um, yeah. Um, so we, I met this man. Um, I, I Early th- in life. Early in life. I'll say early in life is a good way to put it. Um, he's uh, been around uh, from time to time, uh, much like a stalker. Um and knows a fair amount about sports and knows a fair amount about life and society. And I think he was he was around uh, towards, he remembers the end of the Civil War. And so he tells us a lot about that. Um, but um, without further ado, I'd like to bring on uh, our father, Brian Sawyer, to help us out with this tool belt section. Would you please, for the love of God, and your own body, hold the hammering. And this segment is the... Uh, is to all pro or con, and what we're going to do here is we're going to flip a coin, um, American standard mm. quarter, and we're going to flip evenly this. Evenly weighted, right? Evenly weighted, weighted evenly weighted. weighted before this. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, this coin has not been touched since it was delivered upon um, Brinkman Truck, <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're going to flip a coin, Evan will call it in the air, and then he'll decide whether he's pro or con, and then my dad, who will speak into the mic now. Hello, I'm the dad. Uh, and we he will give us subjects that we don't know about, and mm-hmm. we no matter what stance we actually have on it, we have to be pro or we have to be con. Right, right. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna flip it, and you call it. Yep. Heads. It is heads. It always is heads. Tails um, never fails. I'm gonna be con. I'm gonna be con. You're gonna be con. I'm, I'm a so negative motherfucker. Yeah. So you're 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 pro. You're con. I'm con. So I'm pro. pro. Okay, Dad, lay it on us. Okay, pro or con number one. Should the Tampa Bay Rays 
moved to Montreal and become known as the Montreal X-rays. Hmm. I, I, you want to go first? So I, I just, I have to say, I feel really strongly about this. Um, and I feel like there's, we, we know for a fact that Canadians don't use X-ray machines. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing being that um, Tampa Bay has the worst just about attendance in the MLB. But you know what? You got to respect those 20,000 people. And we just can't be handing a off year. to foreigners to giving, giving baseball jobs. to French people, yeah. getting rid of American jobs. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of all this. I, th- I, I, I got to disrespect with you. I think that it is absolutely clutch because if they Rays move to Montreal and become the X-Rays, they're not only paying significant tribute to the greatest baseball franchise to ever exist, mm. the Montreal Expos in the X. Well, they are also bringing sunshine to Montreal for mm. the first time in like 45 you years. You know what? Here's another thing, though. Is Are we talking about the EX-Rays or the X-Rays? Because um, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and I know I'm supposed to be con, but the X-Rays is like... <laughs> kind of funny, kind yeah, of funny. Kind of yeah, the yeah, Montreal yeah. X-rays, we can we can work with it. We yeah, okay, all right. Um, but okay, uh, next next subject. Next subject, sure. Number two, should the NBA institute a four-point shot from say behind thirty-five feet? Um, yeah, no. The NBA first of all needs to eliminate the three-pointer. Um, if we're being a hundred percent serious, and you go you go to any court and you watch kids, they all think they're Steph Curry. They're pulling up from. 40 feet. My buddy David has been complaining about it since Steph Curry first beat LeBron ever, and he decided that he hated him. But honestly, we just we need to teach kids to get some post moves. I need Hakeem Olajuwon in the paint. I need drop steps. I need banging. I need I, elbows to the chin. I, That's I, basketball. I firmly disagree. Basketball needs more gimmicks because it is such a slow-paced game. Okay? If we're talking about teams scoring maybe like 150 points a game, that's exciting. I think there should be a scoreboard, a jumbotron over each net. And on each play, it says this point is worth five things if you could do X, Y, and Z. Matter of fact, I want a five. I want a five-foot circle around the rim. You can only shoot within that, or it doesn't count. We're playing sudden death games only. I think. I think it's true. Games could be like a thousand. Seasons could be a thousand games. You buy a ticket for a game, you go and you get ten games. You get thirty-five games. I think that yeah, there should be two footprint-sized things, and that should be the four-point. Right, right. right. And, it and should, you got it a four hundred foot-pound guy standing in front of the footprints. Who are who are on the team of the referees? Right. So no four-point plays. We also don't want three-point plays. No free throws. There are no fouls in my my NBA. There, I want elbows to the chin. There's two points and seven points. No blood. No basketball. All oh, right. I, I, yeah. Agreed. No blood, no basketball. Number three. Okay, number three. This one's simple and direct. Pro sports mascots in uniforms. Pro or con? You know what? Um, There's a big problem in a lot of sports with confusing the mascots for athletes. And uh, if we start putting them in uniforms and you start suiting them up, there's no telling what some of those athletes could do. Talking about I taking American disagree. jobs and giving I them ab- to uh, aliens. I, I, I absolutely <laughs> disagree. You're so full of shit. You have to suit up the players. Because in some of these cities, especially places like Philadelphia and Detroit, you cannot tell who are the fans and who are the mascots unless they are in uniform. And they have to be registered. I think there's not nearly enough agent representation. Also, mm-hmm. if we're selling, you should be selling advertisements on, on jerseys, especially when they're on a mascot, because the mascots go everywhere. But- you know what? People are so goddamn sensitive these days with these these whipped cream baby powder fans out here. I want naked, I want naked mascots with Echo Sapien dicks. That's what I want. <laughs> we need to bring back the Echo Sapien. <laughs> 
Real question, real question. I'm going to pause at the clock here. Real question. If the Equisapiens were a team, what would their mascot be? A human? Lakeith Stanfield? Wow. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Fourth and finally, a serious subject. Mm. Oh. Weren't they all? Yeah, come on. Should wounded veterans of the War on Christmas be honored at sporting events? I think absolutely. Christmas has far been placated by, I think all Druid holidays are underrepresented. I think that we need to have more representation of Druid holidays. And if people have been injured on the war Christmas, I do not know why they don't throw out the first pitch every year. You never see Santa. Santa never gets to throw out the first pitch. And he is the, he's on the front lines. He is the Osama bin Laden of the war on Christmas. You know what? I I hate to break the game. I know I'm supposed to be con, but I can't. That was such a great argument. I can't argue with you. Yeah. Like, how, you got to honor these people. Like, if, 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 and if I see one more person kneeling or sitting during Christmas... I'm going to lose it. We stand for all of Christmas. Yeah, for now Every on, year in this yeah, family. Yeah, out of respect for, out of respect for Santa yeah. and the claws and the slave labor that he employs. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. on Dasher, on Donner, on, on Shlomo and Blitzen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that was a tool belt segue. Yeah, so thank you for that. That was a tool belt We'll probably thing. never bring that back again. <laughs> <laughs> Getting off the rails. Till, till Thanksgiving when Dad gets a reprogram. <laughs> Happy uh, holidays, boys. <laughs> So big props for our father for coming in a pinch and helping us out with that new segment. If there's any segments you think that Thanks, that we should we should do, or you are a particular fan of either of the ones we've done before, mm-hmm. please let us know in the comments section. Yeah, it yeah, really helps brains. us out. We're looking for ideas. Small brains, we have no ideas. Yeah. Um, what's our last topic, Evan? So the last topic um, is very different from what we've been talking about the rest of the day. Um, so this stems back to on July 27th this year. Um, there was a big hit in the Supreme Court to public labor unions. Um, basically, the summary of which is that they it was decided that um, in terms of free speech, people should not be required as a member of an organization to pay the membership fee to the union unless they want to. Previously, that had always been always been done because it was the only way to allow unions, excuse me, to be well funded. Um, so when the Supreme Court decided to end this and make it optional to pay those membership fees. Um, it was really viewed as the biggest hit to labor unions in a very long time. Or ever. Or, or ever, yes. Um, so taking it to sports, um, we just want to kind of discuss the, the role of unions in sports, the role of the players' unions, the strength of them. Um, I may mention a couple of things about the, the history of unions and, and just how do they differ from sport to sport and what does that mean for the actual players, which is what the union's all about. Right. Well, the union started from a, a really good place, right? I mean, the idea of a, of a union helping to protect players' rights because they're mm-hmm. ba- basically, and we're not talking about the NFL. Uh, read last week, we're not talking about the NFL. Um, but talking about, uh, in baseball particularly, we're talking about Kurt Flood and one of that whole thing that kind of like gave way mm-hmm. to players that had, they couldn't just have contracts for life. They weren't just employed by the same baseball team for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, To clarify that, if a team, like let's say uh, a team said, I don't want um, Goose Gosselin, I don't want him to play for the uh, Washington Centers anymore mm-hmm. and let him go, he could go to a different team, hence becoming right. a, a de facto free agent. But the team had to decide when they want him to go. For sure. Um, uh. So I think that in general it's a good thing that 
uh, players should be allowed. That was the, the yeah. good thing of it. The bad thing about it is that it's kind of the systems kind of run amok. You know, interesting. Yeah, I mean, so tracing it way back, Kurt Flood in free agency was big in baseball. Um, I looked up a couple of numbers um, in the NHL. The union was started in 1967. Prior to that, the average NHL salary was, I believe, five thousand dollars, or it was ten to fifteen thousand dollars. There was no health care. Um, we know the NHL; you're getting hurt a lot. There was no type of health plan. Um, you had to worry about it on your own, and who's you weren't gonna, getting paid for games you missed. Oh, who? Uh, yeah, who? But who's gonna? You know, pre-existing condition; they weren't even wearing helmets. Then. Right, right. Um, MLB. Uh, the and we're gonna get to this why the MLB has easily the strongest players union and I think there's multiple reasons for that one of them that is not controversial is that the first MLB union the Brotherhood of Professional Baseball Players was started in 1885 I wasn't aware of this until I just looked it up so a lot of history behind that in terms of the advocacy among uh, players um, in the NBA uh, before players unions uh, the average salary was like eight thousand dollars you hear stories about. Um, and Bob Cousy started it back in the uh, late 50s, I believe. You hear stories about players in all of these sports working summer jobs just to make make ends meet. Um, and so that's the history. These, these unions started to allow players to bargain for a better share of the wealth. When these teams are making millions of dollars, the players should be compensated. Here's the question I want to pose to you. Because this is the question that you hear over and over again when talking about unions and or the statement that you hear. Right. Why do we care about billionaires arguing with millionaires about how much money the billionaires and the millionaires should make um, nowadays? Nowadays, why do we care about these unions? Uh, because, yes, there we hear about the people like Alex Rodriguez. We hear about the <laughs> Manny Ramirez. We hear about people like Albert Pujols, people who make – I mean, those are all ba- baseball examples. Mm-hmm. But we hear about the, the filthy, stinking rich – um, sure. what's his name? Aaron Rodgers, who just signed like the biggest contract in NFL history. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I forgot. Are we talking about football? We're, we're not really. No, nope. no. Uh, uh, this is a technicality. Only. We make um, mistakes. Yeah, uh, we have small brains. Yeah. Um, but what I'm trying to say here is that there's you hear about the top. Let's say that you hear about 50 of the biggest contracts in ba- in sports. You hear about mm-hmm. like the Sidney Crosby's and who I really want to call Bing Crosby. Um, but you hear about the really the biggest contracts in history, mm-hmm. right? And that's what the union is kind of talked down for. Right. And they're talked down for that, but that's not right because do you know how many people play, have a glass of water in the professional whatever of their sport? Right, and make, they, make a couple hundred thousand dollars and now they're 24 and they don't have a college education or they're 20. And, and they know one thing because right. they've spent every day of their life in a gym mm-hmm. and it's just a genetic thing that their knee, elbow, shoulder, back doesn't sure. hold out. And I think or that, that they just weren't good enough. That's okay. You just you weren't good enough to stay stick around. Right. Well, I, yeah. I mean, th- that's definitely true. It's also you know how many people have played baseball, how many people are, are professional right. baseball players, uh, and how many of those professional baseball players are stars. Mm-hmm. Right. The really good teams have three or four players that are star levels. The really really good teams have made six players, but that still leaves what eighteen other guys on the squad. Mm-hmm. You know. 19 guys, some teams that are, are completely like ramshackle or right. like all 25. There's no real star. So these unions are, are the summary that we seem to both kind of agree on, obviously, is that these unions are really important for those players that are less represented. Um, taking this in a slightly different direction, and this is kind of a leading question. I assume you know what I'm getting at. But why do we think, aside from some historical reasons in terms of them starting it early, why does baseball, what's different about baseball from basketball and football? that is a part of the reason that the baseball union is so strong and powerful? Well, 
<clears throat> I'm guessing that the baseball union has. I mean, I know what you're leading with, us with mm-hmm. but to give it has history, right? It has longer, longer history than you and mm-hmm. I knew. Um, baseball has had profound moments in its relatively recent history where it's gone on strike, and sure. that the players have banded together to kind of give the middle finger to the owners, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, why? I mean, I'm just going to volley it right back over to you. Yeah. The NHL has had equal labor disputes about the collective bargaining agreement and they have had strikes and it's hurt their attendance it's made it less popular but why why do i mean nhl has a small much smaller market share yeah uh i mean so that's a good counterpoint but i what i was getting at is i'm sure you realize is the the mlb is mostly of white viewed viewed by white people and played by white people and mlb and nfl is largely black athletes and there's just there's just a a a push by owners again coming back to Kaepernick to silence people who are who don't look like them meaning they're not white men who are trying to have more rights exercise their voice extend their rights etc and so for that reason I think that's a big part of the reason that MLB players get paid so much and that there's not a lot of uh, disputes nowadays um, between the MLB Players Union and the NBA. Um, and Kaepernick, this Nike uh, campaign that came out, that, that line that uh, stand for something, uh, even if it means losing everything. And I've heard from a lot of people, and this pisses me off, but I've heard from a lot of people this idea of like, He's a professional athlete. Like what? So he what? He lost his career. Like people lose more than that. He didn't lose everything. That's disrespectful. Um, and I I think that it's really important that we ground ourselves in what are we actually talking about when we're talking about he stood for something and it was taken and he had his career taken away from him. Well, uh, I think that uh, it's time for the last words. Oh well. Flew uh, through that. Yeah, we'll we flew through that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bargain for more time, and I also in some we're all sure. equal share. I think that it's important to to remember or to uh, be cognizant of that um, he didn't lose everything. You know, right. it's not like he got right. shot. He lost a lot though, because I'm sure if you're Colin mm-hmm. Kaepernick, and I I wouldn't know, but um, I d- I would doubt that you feel safe mm-hmm. in everywhere that you go. Um, right. because people are, I mean, people are burning their shoes with, I mean, they're idiots, first mm-hmm. of all, but they're burning their shoes, their Nike shoes, because, um, Nike decided to do like a 1% right thing in the right direction. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. it is true. He lost a lot. I mean, he lost a lot and I'm sure he's looking over his shoulder. Right. And I think in, in terms of the big picture, I think the way I see it is taking a step back from it of. Maybe he didn't lose as much as some people lose, but um, what is really important here is this idea that, um, kind of circling back to how we started, mm-hmm. um, that the labor unions in the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, maybe those are mostly dealing with millionaires, but they're setting a standard. We're talking; it's like that platform we were talking about last week um, with activists. They're setting a standard that people around the country see for the role of unions, the power of, of laborers, the power of workers. And in the same way, Kaepernick's statement and Kaepernick's victory in pushing the NFL to arbitration or partial victory um, is a big victory for everyone because it sets a standard about 
giving people labor rights. In the same way, he didn't lose everything, but people without his platform might under the same circumstances. And so it's about the bigger statement, I think, more than it's about Kaepernick himself. It's about what he stands for and what for that sure. represents in the greater population. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Uh, Evan, what's your bold prediction? Uh, my bold prediction is that in the next few months, I am going to convince one of my friends in Los Angeles to actually come visit me in Detroit. It's and one of my, and my be on bold. the podcast? Ooh, and maybe be on the podcast. No, um, they're definitely not coming. Shit. Uh, Teresa, what's yours? Mine's super silly. <laughs> Mine is that the Red Sox mascot, Wally, will get ejected from the game sometime this season. Ooh. Ooh. Not, not many, not not many games question. left. Not, not yeah. the question, yeah. though. Yeah, the man's got some... If he's wearing a uniform, maybe not. But F- Fun fact, the Mr. Met mascot, Bill Clinton was due to throw out the first pitch of a Mets game. The Mr. Met got told by the Secret Service that if he approached the president because he couldn't scan his head, the sniper would shoot Mr. Met in the head. Whoa. Fun fact. Uh, my bold prediction, my bold prediction for uh, the coming week is the author of the New York Times op-ed, "The Leak in the White House," mm. will be Mike Pence. Okay, there it is. I don't think yeah. Mike Pence has balls like that. But we'll I mean, definitely not. He definitely got castrated. He probably yeah. had his wife do it. Who he calls mother, by the way. So that's that's uh, it for uh, this week on uh, Small Brains Big Picks. This one has been a controversial one at that. Right. right. Um, um, I really appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, we're well on our way to that one prediction of us lasting till Christmas. We've got episode two under our belt. Um, so thanks for thanks for talking to us. Hasta luego. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Teresa. Bye. And uh, okay. Bye. I think this podcast might need a not safe for work uh, comment on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> We did talk a lot about big dicks. And castration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I compared Santa Claus to Osama Bin Laden, so I think you're... <laughs> 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 we lost some viewers. <laughs>